We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It is a Monday, which apparently means it's Mailbag Monday, which is my, my first Mailbag yes. Monday since we switched things up a little bit. Friday yeah, is my is. favorite day of the week. It and is. And I guess that's changed. Now it's Monday. And yep. uh, I mean, clearly a special surprise for all of you is that I get to be on the show today because yeah. of this fall break over here in northern Indiana. And uh, I got the day off. And Brian's like, hey, it's Mailbag Monday. What are you doing at one o'clock? I said, I'm doing mailbag Monday, Brian. So here we are. Here we are. I mean, look, you're the one who can't be here on Fridays anymore. So, I mean, I can't continue to work my schedule around it. And then you know what? The Monday, (laughs) me changing it to Monday is the only reason you can even do it today. If we were still doing them on Fridays, you couldn't even be here today. So it worked out magically. It was all part of my my vision into the future, knowing that this was going to happen. Obviously, not even remotely true. But I'm super up to have you, super fired up to have you on, man, and ready to rock and roll. It's yeah, been, man. Took a few days off. I'm nice and rested. Got to watch college football this weekend. Yeah, wild weekend of college football, man. So really, and uh, you know, watch there, Notre Dame move up the rankings despite not playing. And um, some games I enjoyed, some games I was bummed by, but I just got a chance to chill and watch football, man. You yeah. know, the wife was out of town on a little ladies' retreat, so I got to just oh, chill and okay. just. You know, do whatever the heck I wanted and eat whatever I wanted. And not get to do that anyway. But it just, you know, it was nice to it was nice to kind of have some quiet uh, around the house. And um, yeah, now it's ready to rock and roll, man, because it's pit week. This is pit a big week. week for Notre Dame, man. And uh, we're going to have a lot to break down about pit during the week. We'll do Ryan and I will be back tomorrow breaking down pit, talking about what Notre Dame needs to do in the last four games of the year. You know what we kind of. What are the biggest questions that, you know, kind of facing this team heading the final four stretch? We'll break down Pitt. I'll break down Pitt a little bit deeper and, uh, and differently on Wednesday. Thursday, we'll do our predictions. Friday, recruiting hour. And Saturday, man, it's go Pitt, baby. It's time to go. It's time to Finally, roll, so. a day game, baby. I know, dude. Uh, oh, and by the way, uh, uh, ESPN announced that the Notre Dame-Clemson game will either be at noon or 3.30. Either, either one way. I'm happy with. I'm <laughs> so <way>. thrilled <laughs> that that's not going to be a night game because those night game mailbags are brutal, <sighs> brutal for especially for me because I got to drive back to the hotel and just it's it's rough. So yeah, I'm I was so happy to see that. So there's a good chance their name's last four games are going to be somewhat afternoonish games. Uh, I'm hoping that Stanford's three thirty as well. But uh, we've done our penance, haven't we? We've done yeah. our night ta- night, Enough game night games man. at this point. Enough like, night games. We can chill in a row. <laughs> and have some afternoons doing shows till three in the morning. But uh, so been a been a busy few days, man. Lots of lots to talk about. Yeah, lots to talk about. Yeah, it has been busy, and you know, college football, like you said, there was a bunch on on Saturday. Got to sit back and just relax. My family was like the the three girls were off away from the house for a few days. You know, the teenager's doing his own thing. And then the wife took the, the little guy to go see Paw Patrol. I was solo Mio, baby. And I was just sitting there watching football, taking it all in. A lot of bad football out there, Brian. Uh, a lot of disappointing football for for me. And it 
I think you said this to me via text over the weekend. It makes that Louisville or the Ohio State, either one, yeah. makes either one of those losses hurt that much more because I feel like the college football playoff is so wide open. But, I mean, we can get into it's that It's the later, Louisville but... one for me just okay. because with Ohio State, you can at least say you lost to a really good football team. At the last second. Right. right. I mean, where it was toe-to-toe, it wasn't yeah. fluky. They played bad, and you were able to stay in it. It wasn't like last year where, you know, Notre Dame's defense played great, but – Right. You know, that's a minute. There's excuses why the game was closed for a while. It was a great ball game, but that, that Louisville, that Louisville game can just continues to haunt my dreams, but yeah, their name still yeah. has a great chance to finish strong and we'll get into that. There's yes. some questions about that. We will talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. We'll talk Notre Dame football. We'll talk Notre Dame recruiting. I'm going to have a big Intel piece coming up on the next couple of days about recruiting for Notre Dame. So a lot going to be on there, but you can only get that if you're a premium member on the message board boards at ourbreakdown.com can ask questions about recruiting you can ask questions about the weekend college football weekend so there was a a lot going on vince that um you know that we can discuss so it's up to you guys right vince because it's uh it's yep. free for monday free for all man it doesn't have quite the same ring as friday free for all but the principle still stands you get to determine what we get to talk about today so you ready to go buddy raymond raymond harton gets us started off uh, uh see you know what I told you to pause after the first five <laughs> seconds and the first five minutes, and then I'm the one that didn't pause. I'm just so fired up and ready to go, man. I'm so fired up. Let's do this thing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, our first uh, super chat from Raymond. Thanks, Raymond. It says, go Irish, beat Pitt. Doesn't get any easier than that. I love it. That's right, man. It's a great way to start it. Great way to start it. Tom with the super chat. Thank you very much. Does Notre Dame have a GA for wide receivers? If so, who is it? They they do. I don't know his name. I'm going to look that up here. I know Notre Dame sent out a media guide this year. I, I don't did. know his name. I I, I just pulled it up. I'm going to go down to the where they, they list all the coaches and, and look up his name. I don't know who it is. I've seen him, and I mean, I know exactly what he looks like. <laughs> and well, I good. can picture his face. I, I think it's I, I think it's Kurt Rawlings. I think is his name because that's the that's no that might not be it. Hold on a second. Let me let me. Well, there's there's two graduate assistants who are offense: Michael Bearden and Kurt Rawlings. It's not Kurt Rawlings because I just looked at Kurt Rawlings and it's definitely not him. Uh, let me see if it's Michael Bearden. No, okay, that's a different Michael Bearden. <laughs> <laughs> That's an older actor kind of guy. Or Google, looks like Google's a throwing you for a loop here a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, so similar name, similar name. So let me see here. Uh, yeah, it looks like Michael Bearden is that okay. guy, is that coach. Yeah, okay. so it's Michael Bearden. Uh, don't know a lot about him. Uh, Notre Dame doesn't give much of a bio for him. So Shocker. Uh, don't know much about him. But, yeah, he is, uh, he is the receiver's he is the GA on offense and he works with the wide receiver. Cause it just shows just for everybody understands. So I've got the big old thick media guide here and it just, he's under football staff. 
And yeah. so he's under the same category as the football analysts that are right. that are in here. Uh, two on offense, two on defense, and then one on special yeah, teams. Not it's a lot just, of respect being given to the GAs. No, it's just yeah. names and titles. And it just says graduate Pretty assistant ridiculous. offense. That's it. Pretty ridiculous, but whatever. Not my problem. Nope. So anyway, Vince, uh, Michael Reardon. Now, now we know. Now we know yeah. his name. Tyler Evans with a super chat. Your guys' favorite game to watch this weekend, or that we watched this week. Uh, well, did you have a favorite game that you watched, Vince? Ooh, I don't know that man. I had a favorite game. There's a lot of crazy moments that I, mean, I saw this weekend. I, um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed Duke, Florida State. I did enjoy um, that until game. Riley Leonard got hurt. Like Correct. that was a different game after he got hurt. Like that was yeah. a legitimate good back and forth football game until he got hurt. Right. And then after that, it was just kind of like, yeah, this is over. Because the the Ohio State Penn State game was hard to watch, so I can't place that. Yeah as my favorite. I mean, I was happy. It was at noon. Like it kicked off the weekend, like let's go. But then it was just like, wow, both of these offenses are not great. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it too, is both of them have really good defenses. Sure. That's, that's part of it as well. And then of course, Ohio state doesn't have a Mecca Buka or Travion Henderson. And if they both play, I don't think that's a close football game. I really sure. don't. I thought, you know, Cobb McCord got off to a slow start, missed open receivers. And then he settled in, in the second half. I thought Ohio state to me, I was, I, I just, my biggest issue, it's, my big issue with Ohio state Vince is just Ryan day continues to just outsmart himself. You know, it's like they get the run game going and then it's like first and 10 pass, first and 10 pass. And it's like your quarterback's struggling to get going. Your run game's actually doing a little something. And then they would just go away from it. And then when Chop Robinson went down, they didn't even try to take advantage of it, you know, but with the run game. So I thought Ohio State just kind of got a lead and said they can't score on us. Yeah. So we're You're not right about that. stupid to give him a chance. And I think he got a little spooked on that one play where uh, McCord fumbled and Penn State ran it back for a touchdown. They called it back because of the penalty. And a buddy told me a bunch of Penn State fans are complaining it wasn't a penalty. He yanked his shoulder down. I mean, that's about as clear of a hold. That's like, hey, let's put that on officiating, like teaching tape for what a defensive holding is. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. uh, but uh, I think that spooked Ryan Day a little bit. And it just was like, look, we're not going to do something like that and give them a chance to get back in this game because they weren't doing anything on the Ohio State defense. Anything. Yeah. yeah. And uh, – you know, and it just it the, the my takeaway from that game is you know Penn State's corner tandem is good. Kalen King's very good. That's a good group, but they get all this love about you know being one of the best corner tandems. And I just continue to point out Marvin Harrison has had more receiving yards in each game against Penn State the last two years. Just take one each game, just one each, than he's had against Notre Dame combined the last two years. He's not even at a hundred yards the last two years against Notre Dame. And he's gone over 100 yards both times against Kalen King. And part of Penn State's game plan was let's have Kalen King shadow Marvin Harrison and right. uh, and still whooped him. My only my only beef with that game, I love Gus Johnson, but I got so sick of the, the Maserati. The Maserati Marvin. Marvin it's thing. like, bro, we oh. got it. You said it once. Yeah. You know, his name's, you know, it's like, oh, it just drove me nuts. It was a little too much. But other than that, I, I you know, it was kind of a boring game, honestly, overall. But uh, really good defensive game. I thought the Duke game was entertaining for a while. The rest of the games, there weren't a lot of great games on this weekend, Vince. There's just a lot of really interesting finishes. Sure. You know, Washington and their – I mean, that that pick six. So I was watching that game with a, on the phone with a buddy of mine, and he's like, oh, touchdown. I was like, dude, stop. I always tell you, don't tell me what happens because he's like – three like five ten seconds ahead of me right which is a lot in football because he's way. still on cable and i'm you know i'm doing streaming and he's like he just told me it's a touchdown i'm thinking arizona state's about to score it was uh what was the score it was like seven to six and i'm thinking arizona state's about to score and then he it was the pick six which kind of ended arizona state's attempt at a comeback but that was a terrible game other than the finish was good the ending of the ucf oklahoma game was good houston got completely screwed on that fourth down call, uh, com- or fourth third down call, completely screwed on that. Other games were just kind of boring. I mean, honestly, Alabama, Tennessee. You know what it was, Vince? To your point, it just was a lot of man. They're just not. And Ryan t- tweeted this yesterday, and he you know, There's just not a lot of. There's just not a lot of good football teams out there. Yeah, there just aren't. It's just you know, and that's the hardest great part football for me. teams. Excuse me, great, great football. Teams. There's good ones. There's not great ones. Right. I agree. Right. Agreed. Right. It seems like everybody's ripe for an upset every week. And I I don't know. I 
yes, like in in my my fan eyes, it's like, man, I need some chaos so Notre Dame can yeah. get up. But it's just, you know, that's not realistic. Not well, enough it, chaos, I don't think, for Notre I, Dame to get into the college football potentially, playoffs. Potentially. I mean, look, I, I'll say this. I'll say this. Circumstances are a little different because they have two losses. The other team only had one. But I, I'll be one to bet you, Vince, a steak dinner that Notre Dame begins the playoff rankings ranked higher than Ohio State did in 2014. Which was? They were 16th. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think so. So When's I, the first uh, ranking? After next Tuesday. Okay. After the pit game. Gotcha. Now, again, I, I don't think Notre Dame has enough potential good wins on their schedule because of the because Clemson losing to Miami, which, by the way, of all the bad calls we saw this weekend, that fourth, that fourth down call by Clemson against Miami in overtime, one of the worst calls I've ever seen in my life. It just was terrible. Explain it to me what um, happened. He basically just called a read keep, like a, just a quarterback scramble outside on fourth and one at the goal line with no no handoff option, no pass option. Just hopefully, Cade Klubnik can run out like, like they act like he was like Lamar Jackson or something. Yeah, I was like gonna that. say that's like, not he just really outrun the Miami defense of the perimeter. It just was like, dude, what are you doing? And uh, it was uh, it was bad. It was Notre Dame has a chance to completely end the Clemson dynasty on in two weeks. Hmm. Because it's like on life support right now. Yeah. Like they're giving it, you know, they're, they're, they're bringing a priest in, reading last rites, and Notre they're, Dame has a chance to pull the plug. They're, they're handing Notre Dame the plug. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like Notre right. Dame gets to determine whether they pull the plug or not. You know yeah. what I mean? And um, it's going to be, it, it, it'll be fascinating too, because it sets up a storyline that Clemson Dynasty, according to Dabo, started with the win over Notre Dame in 2015. And then now Notre Dame has a chance to end it. Bookend that thing, baby. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Very, very fascinating. But, yeah, there, I, honestly, Tyler, there weren't a lot of great games this weekend. I just enjoyed the fact that I was able to watch a lot of football. I had no responsibility. Like, it was nice. Yeah. It just yeah, was. It was good. It was yeah. good. But, I mean, there was chaos. I mean, Notre Dame's going to be ranked ahead of North Carolina in the college football playoff rankings most likely. I mean, you know, that that was an awful loss this yeah, it was weekend. bad. Virginia's uh, not the a good – were they a one-win team, something like that? Yeah, they were one in yeah. five. Yeah, for coming into the game. Yeah, did Vince? Did you see the end of the Pitt Wake Forest game? Uh, yes, I did. That was nuts. That was. I nuts. mean, first of all, that was the longest slide in history. Yes, like, I don't. I. I mean, it's the right call. I will I think say they that got it right. Yes, I do. I think they got it right. He did start to like lean back and start that slide, and they marked him where he did that. But holy cow, was that the longest slide ever? I. Yeah. I mean, dude, just run out of bounds past the stick. I mean, honestly, if he'd have run out of bounds, yeah. Or or run two more yards and then just take a knee. That's what yeah. quarterbacks need to do is just take a knee or right. go head first. But if he'd have run out of bounds, they'd have run two plays. Wake would have called two timeouts and then they would have had they'd have been under forty seconds. And then the game. last that took a knee ball game. game. In his defense, that's the kid's second career start for sure. For sure, you know, like if he is in the same situation in two years, he'll make a different he'll make a different play. I felt bad for the kid, but. Man, what a great – but but Wake still had to go down the field and, and score, and sure. they did. I mean, they had to convert a fourth down and a third and 11 and or third – yeah, it was, it was a heck of a finish, man, with with the third-string quarterback at, at Wake playing in that game. Yeah. Who had, it was like probably has this, the most Italian name I've ever seen. I try, that's why I was trying to call you on Saturday at first. <laughs> I was like – because remember I, I didn't tell you about the game. I was going to bust your chops like, hey, man, your nephew, your nephew <laughs> led a win uh in uh santino martucci Oof. so Oof. i mean that's about the most italian name i've ever heard in college football i man. like it no yep. yeah if they didn't win the game his uh his uncles and cousins would have taken care of business afterwards yeah no doubt had no doozy's <laughs> his uncle you yeah. know what i mean like, <laughs> that's you know why i got a scholarship you know yeah uh-huh. i told my wife y'all are all related because she's italian as well so i could <laughs> bust her chops y'all are all related <sighs> Uh, Nathan Milton, thanks for the super chat. Vince, what is your best or funniest memory of Brian? Brian, same questions to you about Vince. IB is in a league of its own. No better content anywhere else. Hashtag BK is a turd. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, gosh, funniest memory of Brian. <sighs> said best or funniest. Yeah, that's true. Because I can't think of any like, we've had a bunch of we, you can't even think funny we have like, had so many laughs over the that years. anybody else would think was funny though okay. like you know gotcha. what i mean they like, wouldn't get it i get yeah that. like yeah. stuff funny to you and there's me a lot of time. you had to be there moments correct with vince and i a yes. lot of those you had to be there moments agreed agreed I'm trying to think if i can come up with anything good um 
I mean, Vince's best moments are probably those times he was swinging by the house like a hand a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, well, those are fantastic. Those are great memories for me. <laughs> now it just comes electronically, which is great too. <laughs> it's even uh, better, man. We got that I know. deposit. We're a real business now. We do direct deposits on everything. <laughs> <laughs> best moments, honestly, for me, and I'll just say it, Vince, is those those so sit down you and I had when we were talking about making this move. Yeah, even before. I left BGI. I mean, I knew I was going out on my own. Vince was actually, I had, I had convinced Stu to hire Vince. Vince knew he was going to f- replace me and serve the season out, but we knew we were going to do something together. Yes. And so it was just going over to Beefo Brady, sitting down for lunch, going over to Salsa, sitting down for lunch and just mapping out. What do we want to do, man? Like, and just it, th- those are the best for me because it was in those, that moment where it's like, it was kind of like me against the world. Yeah, I always knew that I had two people, you know, that that were going to have my back in this. I mean, obviously, your mom, dad, and all that, but I always knew Angela had my back. She supported me fully, and I knew that you were going to be with me on it too. And so, um, we always had faith that it was going to grow. Uh, did I believe it was going to grow this fast, this big, this fast? No, no, no way, I did not. And not so based on our conversations. Yeah, that's for sure. I yeah, we had like a ten-year plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yep. I, I will say our drive to Ohio State was was a lot of fun because yeah. kind of got to dig into your past a little bit because we were kind of going into your neck of the woods and we visited your grandma and like yeah. went to the burger we joint. We had to go to the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> so we stopped the line. To- <laughs> saying, did we get uh, did we get QP that day? I don't. Yes, that's what yeah. it was. Yep, yep we got the, yep. we went there and uh, that was a fun trip because we just spent yep. the whole time in the car together, just shooting the bull and having fun and. So what honestly, it's what I was looking forward to for the Louisville trip. Yeah, uh, but obviously, just didn't come to fruition. Which, in retrospect, probably not a terrible thing since it was such a bad yeah. game. Oh, that was uh, but that was uh, but yeah, I mean, look, we just guys. I'm just telling you, and it's not fake in any way. We just have a, a long-standing friendship, and it's just a lot of fun. And uh, it's one of the friendships that I value the most. So, likewise, yeah. likewise. All right, enough sentimental stuff. This Seriously, so come Let's on, man. Tyler Evans with the super chat. Thank you very much. What was with the spotting the ball yeah, this weekend? all weekend? The Texas Houston one was the worst though. That was just um, like, I was on the phone with my dad and I was coming back from the grocery store when that was happening. And I didn't realize the game was close. Cause it was like, Texas was up big early and I just stopped paying attention. I just think they were going to kill Houston. And my dad just starts losing it about the spot. And my dad is a former like umpire. He was like a really good umpire. Like, right. And so he's really he's critical of 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 refereeing like I am of quarterback play and receiver play and play calling. You know what I mean? Like, right. and I was like, he's probably overstating it. He's probably overreacting. <laughs> it probably was. And and then I saw the spot. I'm like, oh, that's just that's. And the fact that they didn't review it that's what made it even worse to me. The fact that nobody was like, hey, let's take a look at this in this big moment. Like every other game this weekend, like I'm watching them you know, re, 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 rewatch these late game things. And I'm like, okay, can we not do this? But then I'm also like, but these are game defining moments. Let's make sure they got it right. And they didn't. And it just was, it was sad. Cause like would Houston have won? I don't know. I mean, probably not, but we don't know that they would have scored a touchdown, but the fact that, that it was taken out of their hands by the officiating that yeah. to me was one of those things where you're just like, you know, it shouldn't have been that way. I mean, and again, they had a fourth down chance to make a play and they didn't make it, right? So it wasn't, but it shouldn't have been fourth down. It should have been first and goal. Uh, just, I hate it when officiating has these kind of impacts, especially in situations where this is what replay was supposed to be about. Right. And to get that kind of thing wrong was um, disappointing. Very disappointing. The worst 2K big men, HD. Thanks for the super chat. My right. birthday is this Sunday. I'll be 24. Hope it comes after a win. And is the Clemson game not at night now? It never was. It was a TBA. Right. But uh, it is going right. to be either noon or 3.30 announced today, actually. Yeah, Notre Dame games on the road, like true road games, like where it's not like not Shamrock Series games on neutral fields, but true road games are always TBDs. Yeah. Because they're on ESPN or ABC. There are, or CBS. So they're always TBDs. They're always decided two to three weeks before, sometimes a week before, depending on, on uh, you know, right. they want to let some games play out. But because what was it? The Louisville game got 
one of the games got moved to like a six day window or something like that, where they can kind of decide, Hey, we're going to wait till six days before to do it. And, and, uh, which and usually means route, night which, game, by the way. Yeah, it usually does. It usually <laughs> does. Yeah, it usually does. And so that, uh, that was never a night that we always assumed it was going to be a night game, but that was before Clemson's collapse of, yeah. of in this season. And yeah, it's going to be interesting. Very interesting. It's been a very disappointing season for Clemson. I thought they were going to be better than they are. I really yeah. did. And to lose to the teams like that they're losing to is like, wow, okay. That's interesting. But um, it is what it is. But no, it, yeah. it's either going to be noon or or, um, or 3.30. That, now, that part hasn't been decided yet. Right. But it's, at least it's not going to be at 7.30. Chris Irish Young. Thank you very much, Chris. Cam Hart, Benjamin Morrison, appreciation post. Marvin Harrison Jr. torched Penn State. Again. He was well, a one-man me, wrecking crew against yeah. them. He had like 11 just, catches or something like that. And it could have been more if he had a couple more accurate throws. In yes, the first, because first they, showed, they showed a bunch of, dro- not drops, but like ones where he kind of got his fingertips on it, but it was not an accurate throw because they were banging on McCord for mm-hmm. not being accurate. I want to say there was four or five of those where he was open and the throw was not there. So it could have mm-hmm. been a lot more than that for sure yeah i'm i'm gonna look this up vince the last two years marvin harrison uh this season he went for 11 catches for 162 yards against penn state had three for 32 against notre dame and he went two for 18 against indiana and the other five games 160 126 163 105 162 Last year against Michigan, seven catches for 120 yards. Against Georgia, five for 106. Against Penn State, 10 for 185. And these are teams that everybody keeps telling me have great cornerbacks. Notre Dame, five for 56. So in two years against Notre Dame, Marvin Harrison has eight catches for 88 yards. He averaged 16.4 yards per catch last year. He's averaging 8.2 yards per catch this year, and he's got 11 yards a catch. Now, it's not just – and that's what I love about what Chris Irish Young did. He didn't just say Benjamin Morrison. It's Benjamin Morrison and Cam Hart that played a role in that. And, uh, the man, they're outstanding. Penn State over the last two years is like 21 catches for like 340-some-odd yards. Yeah. I'm doing the math in my head right. Yeah, 11 this year, 10 last year. 185 plus 162, that's what, 347, right? Am I doing the math correctly? There we go. 162 plus 180, what was it, 185? 347, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty good. 347, that's a pretty good day offensively, not for one guy, by the yep. way. Yeah. Yep, and and to speak to how good the cornerback tandem is, Kate, Penn State said, "Hey, we don't think anyone but Kalen King can cover him," and then Kalen King couldn't cover him. Notre right. Dame said, "We're not going to move our coverage around to handle that." And they didn't, and they and here's the other thing: Penn State didn't have to worry about a Mecca Buka; they just had to worry about right. Marvin Harrison. Yeah, like, that exactly. was the guy they were focused on. Yeah, you know, and uh, where Notre Dame had to worry about a Mecca Buka, I still don't know why they don't do more to get Cade Stover involved early in games. I it, I, I'll just that that like sometimes they do, but man, they just that's that's something I thought they would do earlier on Saturday. They eventually kind of got him going. He ended up with like four for seventy, but it's just like that should have been. I'd some I'd have done early is yeah. to get Cade Stover going to say, hey, you can't just focus on Marv with a Mecca out. I think that would have helped. Maserati Marv. Oh. It, it, you know, I'm a big Gus Johnson guy, but sometimes <laughs> right, he too. gets these nicknames, and it's like, he bro, can't let, let it, it go. go. Yeah, right. Maserati. It's like, okay, dude, we're, we're, we we get it, we get it. It's a, it becomes stickish, and that's not yes, that's not, not where you, it's not natural. Yes, that's not that's where you want to be. Ninety nine problems, but BK ain't one. Brian, how was vacation? And I think someone needs to teach you what a vacation is. <laughs> <laughs> Glad for the IB show to be back. Well, the nice thing was with the stuff that I, I appreciate that. Um, it was very good. It was nice. You know, I, I got a chance to relax. I didn't do any cooking this weekend. I just had to take out and just kind of chilled and, and, uh, it was nice, but yeah, I did some work. I wrote a couple articles and I recorded the podcast about James Flanagan committing, but I got to do it just for fun. I didn't have yeah. to do it. I just right. did it cause I wanted to. And, and, uh, 
And I always said I was going to be on the message board because that's fun for me. You know, it, it's, and I don't get, and honestly, I haven't been on the message board as much in the last couple months as I'd like to be, because I'm always so busy doing other sure. things. It was nice to just kind of be on the board a little bit when I wanted to. Right. So it was, it was good. It was relaxing. And, you know, and I didn't have to stay up late. And even though a couple nights I did still stay up late, it's different when you're staying up late because you just want to chill and it's different right. than you've got to be working. 100%. So it was nice. Didn't have my alarm clock set in the morning. So it, it was good. It was good. I got a chance to save my voice a little bit, relax a little bit. And then, uh, and then of course, Ange got home Saturday night. So we were able to hang out yesterday. We just spent like three hours of sitting by the fire last night, man. Like the inside one, not the outside one. It was a little too wet for the outside one. <laughs> but just kind of hanging out there. She made me some hot cocoa with marshmallows. Oh, I, I saw the picture. She made me some marshmallows with some hot cocoa in it. <laughs> that was funny and uh there's a lot of marshmallows left over that <laughs> was nice man it was nice it was nice so um that was good but it was good i appreciate you appreciate you another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Irish-blooded did less with more, ND07 or ND16. Oh, easily Indy 16, 2016. Like the, the, the Notre Dame 2017 had some talent at spots, but overall that was a very young and inexperienced football team. And, you know, I mean, you're talking about where your, your best receiver that year was a freshman because he had to be not because he was, and that was Duval Kamara, if you remember correctly. Oh, yeah. Uh, led them in receptions at receiver, was second in yards behind Robbie Paris. I mean, the other two receivers, the other receivers that, that year in the rotation were Robbie Paris, David Grimes, and George West, right? And all those guys caught more balls than Golden Tate. Go figure. You know, um, it, it, it was your offensive line was a mess. I mean, it just was not a not a good year on the offensive line. You had great D tackles, right? I mean, you had you had um, Trevor Laws was on that team. He was outstanding, but it just it wasn't an overly talented team, in my opinion. It really wasn't. I mean, you had John Ryan starting. You had Dwight Stevenson playing a bunch. It just was not a super talented team. And with all due respect to Joe Brockington, nice player, had a hundred tackles that year. He just he wasn't a he wasn't a guy that Joe you're typically going to be a starter on a really good Notre Dame team. And so there were some good players on it, but overall it wasn't a very talented team. Jimmy was a true freshman and playing on a bum elbow. It was a it was a rough year. The 2016 team should have been way better, way better than it was. I mean that should have been like. The 2017, the being honest and objective, looking back on it, should have could have been a bowl team, you know. But that team wasn't going to be much better than that. You look at this team, that 2016 team, and honestly, outside of what maybe maybe USC at the end, I mean, who, who should they have lost to that year? I mean, think about it. They lost to Texas in a game they clearly should have beat Texas that year, right? They lost to a three and nine Michigan State team. They lost to a four and eight Duke team that they were beating by 14 at the beginning of the game. They lost in the stupid hurricane to NC State. They lost by a touchdown to Stanford, and Stanford played terribly, but Notre Dame just said, We don't want to win. We're going to give it to you. They <laughs> lost to Navy by a point. They lost to Virginia Tech by three in a game they were winning. Wasn't it weren't wasn't Notre Dame winning like 24 to 7 at one point in time? I'm going to look that up. I think they were up like 24 to 7. Yes. They were up 24-14 at halftime. 
and Notre Dame had a 24-7 lead at one point. And then Virginia Tech went on a, a drive afterwards and scored to make it 24-14. Notre Dame led 31-21 going into the fourth quarter, and then Virginia Tech scored 13 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to win. So, like, there, there's literally none of those games they should have lost. In the Navy game, if you remember the one long drive that Navy went on, I believe it was the one to give them the lead. I could be wrong on that. But they had them stopped. Might have been earlier in the game. They had them stopped on a fourth down. And then they had too many men on the field because they didn't get a guy off the punt team off quick enough. Give Navy a first down. Navy goes down and gets a touchdown. It might have been earlier in the game. It was like stuff like that. Like that team just handed games away. Hey, it's a hurricane. Let's throw the ball 30 times. You know what I mean? And then blame it on the center. Yeah. It was that team was just a team was a disappointing team. They should have been so much better than that. The 2017 had major inherent flaws that Mm -hmm. you were trying to fix with rookies. So way different situation. So 2016 for me, Vince is an easy one for me. Uh, Do you agree or? Oh yeah. There was so much more talent on the 16 team than the 07 team. And experienced talent. That's the other thing. Cause I mean, coming off of the 15 season, it was like, we had large high expectations for the 16 team. And it just felt like they were just yeah. finding new ways to lose. That That's what well, it felt like. And I remember being on Bill King's show before the season, and he asked me, you know, what I thought of Notre Dame. And I said, look, I don't know what this team is going to do. I said, they're either going to be really good because they're going to put it all together or this team's going to implode. I said that because it's like you you saw some of the – this team has no – you remember being at practice and Brian Kelly made him run laps? Like yeah. I've never, I've never seen this from a Division One football team. Like right. I've never heard of this right. from a Division One football team. Where yeah. you know they're they're they so don't want to be there that you felt the need to make them run laps. <laughs> you had to right. stop pricing middle price and we're making them run laps. Like what are we doing here? Yeah, you know the whole thing with Malik and Deshaun and the, and the way that that split the locker room and the way Brian Kelly handled. Like you they knew that if, so if these things could be cancers that doom this team, or they power through those things. They battle through those things, and it brings them together, and this team goes out and reaches their potential because we knew the schedule was going to be weak. Right. And when I said implode, I th- I meant like seven and five, six and right. six. I didn't no. mean four and eight. Like, I'm not acting like I knew they were going to go four and eight. I meant like they're no, going to implode and go seven and five, right? And, and man, they just completely collapsed. It was the – and it was the – so much of the internal issues on that team. You know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. – I don't know. It just wasn't. I mean, a lot of it I found out after the fact, to be honest, because I wasn't really in the know personally. But like, there was so much internal issues on that squad that they Mm -hmm. just couldn't overcome. You know, a lot of those, a lot of those fifty-fifty type situations. When you have that kind of internal struggle, you're not going to be on the correct fifty. You know what I mean? It's just you're just not going to. Right. You just don't have the team chemistry. You don't have the trust in the guy next to you. And I know a lot of that sounds cliche, but it's true. It's, it is There's true. a reason why it keeps being yeah, used. Exactly. It's like, you remember the Miami game, Vince? Like, oh, they yeah. jumped up 20 to nothing. Jerron Jones had, like, six tackles for loss, and then Miami scores 27 unanswered points. <laughs> right. And it's just like – and they ended up, like – they ended up – they had the one punt where C- Amir Carlisle – or C.J. Sanders tried to re- re- recover, like, or pick it, like, catch it inside the five, fumbles it. They score a touchdown to take the lead. And then Notre Dame eventually like wins the game, but you're thinking like, okay, this is going to be the thing that gets them back on track, right? It's been right. a rough year so far, but they're three and five now. You've got Navy, Army, and then a home game against Virginia Tech coming up. You ru- you run the table against those. You you get back on track, and you're good to go. And then they just go blow the Navy game in Jacksonville and choke away to blow a 17 point lead against Virginia Tech. It just this team was just like, man, this. This team has no football character, no heart, no leadership. So that team was way worse, mm-hmm. way worse. Irish-blooded hypothetical. If Notre Dame doesn't make a New Year's Six Bowl, who would you rather see? Penn State, Texas, or Oklahoma? If they In that don't... scenario, hmm. one, of the two, one of the two Big 12 teams. I, I, I've never felt that Penn State really does a whole lot for Notre Dame. I, I think there's a lot more – that Penn State can get out of that game than Notre Dame can get out of that game. There's a lot of old timers I think that would love to see Penn State. Um, yeah, because the 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 quote unquote rivalry that they had for a few years during the Louisville right. era. Sure, the the, the in the independent bowl is what yeah. they would probably call it or something like that. Well, sure. Penn State should have stayed independent. Okay, right. But um, yeah, I, I think 
you'd get more from a national perspective by beating Texas and Oklahoma. Right. And what's a state you're trying to recruit heavily right now, Vince? Not Pennsylvania. It's yeah. Texas. I mean, they want to recruit Pennsylvania. Well, sure. Jersey, but like, it's like not, to, I mean, Pennsylvania stands. doesn't have the state, doesn't have the talent it used to have. I mean, you right. think of some of the all-time greats. I'm not even talking oh, like Joe Montana. I'm talking like quarter of 88 team alone. Ricky Waters, yeah. Tony, uh, um, uh, Rocket Ismail, guys like that. And it's just like, man, you know, it's just, it's not that kind of state anymore. Texas is a state Notre Dame really wants to be hitting. And, you know, you play Oklahoma or Texas, you know, and, and you win, that gives you a chance to have – now, an ideal would be to play one of those teams in a New Year's Six game. Right. Would be nice. But, yeah, yeah that's, that's the games you want. I want a New Year's Six game at this point, folks. Like, that's – And I've said uh, this, Vince. I'm at the point now where I don't even care if they beat, like, a group of five nope, team. doesn't I mean, matter. I just want it to be done with. Because this is – because it go, kind of goes away next year with the 12-team That's true. Playoff. That's a good point. And so this, this is, is kind of the last chance to kind of, you point. know, where it's not a playoff game. That's you a know, really, to really kind of make good it point. go away. So it'd be nice to kind of get that all, get that out of the way and then move on. I have I have three children right now, almost four, that are gonna be older than I was the last time Notre Dame won a New Year's six game. Like that's so, how long it's been. You have five children that are older than that. Because the last 12. time they won the New Year's six oh older than you were. Me. Oh, I got you. I heard I, yeah. I, I got Sorry, you. older than I no, was yes, at that time. Crazy. Like, yeah, that's so how Liam long it's been, one, right? Uh, yeah, because Chloe's like, eleven, so she'll be twelve. Yeah, uh, so if they don't win one now. Like, ooh. I'm just saying that's how. Like, I'm trying to put it into perspective in my own yeah. brain about how long it's been that I actually have offspring that are older than I was the last time it happened. Like, that's so long. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I think Dylan's older than I was. Because the yeah. last time was January first, nineteen ninety four, right? So I was fifth. I was, I was turning sixteen that year. So yeah, I was still he'll fifteen. Be, he'll be seventeen yeah. in March. So crazy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Like this is ridiculous. Irish blooded. What do you think is the biggest positive Notre Dame has accomplished on offense that they can use last week to build on for the second half of the season? They they answered. That's the biggest thing. I mean, sure. the, the, look. I know there's a lot of obsession about the yards and all that kind of stuff, but the way I look at it is this. They scored touchdowns on those short fields every time, and they needed it. They got the 13-yard one. They got the two-yard one. They got the 50-yard one. They turned all three of those into touchdowns. The only one that they didn't was late late in the game, and that's because Coach Freeman was like, just run it, and if we score, we score. If not, we kick field goal and we're up three touchdowns, right? And, and uh, you know, you're, 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 it, game's over. I mean, officially over at that point in time. And then the other one was every time USC kind of did something, the offense was able to put a drive together and make some plays. So they did what was needed. And there weren't a ton of opportunities to go deep. Because the other part, too, is like I know people want to say, hey, rip up that defense. And my whole thing is, Vince, you're up 31-13. You're up 24-6. to Do you really want to do things coming out of the gate to say, hey, let's go empty, drop back, and the team that is number two in the nation in sacks gets to your quarterback, forces a fumble. You're coming off a game where you just turned the ball over five times. Like, there's a lot to that where you guys say, hey, look, we've got a big lead. Our defense is playing great. Let's not do something to give them a short field. And, you know, that's just um, – I understand where they were coming from. They needed to get that W, and they did – but when they needed to open it up and make plays, they did. You think of the the, the deep ball to Rico – and the other thing that I found out too is like half the receiving court didn't even practice during a week of practice Oof. that week because they're dealing with the injuries. Yeah. And so, you know, that group's been able to get healthy, yeah. but really what it came down to for me to answer the question was they made clutch. They had clutch plays that will instill confidence more than here's what our yards were. Hey, when we needed to step up, they couldn't stop us. And we showed we ran the ball, we threw the ball in those moments. That's going to be the big thing for me uh, as far as building on that. Now, that doesn't mean that what they did against USC is good enough to run the table. Because sure. the one thing that we'll talk about tomorrow is uh, the teams that they play down the stretch are not very good. But three of the four actually have pretty decent defenses. Pitt's got a good defense. Wake's actually got a pretty good defense this year, so surprisingly. And then, of course, Clemson has a good defense. None of them have good offenses. Right. But they, I mean, actually, they all have kind of. I mean, to be honest with you, bad offenses. I told a buddy of mine, the best offense Notre Dame plays down the stretch by far is Clemson. 
That's I feel good not about good. Notre, I feel like I feel good about yeah. Notre Dame's defense versus Clemson yeah. based on the yeah. last few years. So. Exactly. Um, Pitt, Pitt's yeah. averaging 24.6 points per game. Wake Forest is 23.1 points per game, and Stanford's 21.3 points per game. Those are their offensive numbers. Clemson's at 30. Clemson's an offensive juggernaut compared to the other teams that they're playing <laughs> offensively. Now, you know, part of Clemson's thing is they scored 66 against an FCS team. Sure. But those other teams played FCS teams as well. Pitt's 24.6 is fueled by scoring 45 against Wofford. Right. Uh, but these teams are pretty good defensively. And so, sure. and, and Pitt especially is going to play a style of play that they're going to basically say, you're going to have to beat us throwing the football. Mm-hmm. They're going to have there. So there's a lot to prove. Uh, the big thing for me is just, it, it's still about instilling, it's about growing confidence in that group. That's still the big thing for me. And sure. And what you did against USC was nice, but you got to be better than you were against USC, in my opinion. But at least it was a good, get the momentum back moment. This wasn't a, oh, they're fine moment against USC, but it was, like, okay, they did what they needed to do. You got some confidence back. Now you get healthy during the bye. Now let's go out and roll. That, that to me, is the takeaway for this. It was a confidence-building win sure. when it came to answering. Now it's, let's clean up the execution things. Don't drop balls on third down. Make the right read and throw on the other third downs. Like, there's a lot of that stuff that needs to get cleaned up, right? But you showed that, hey, and I think it was big, too, is, Getting Chris Tyree that money shot a week before they did that to him, it wasn't a great ball, but he still needs to catch it. Sure, and he did absolutely. And then the next game, they went in a, in a we got to put this game away. This is in the moment. moment they went back to him, and he stepped up and made the play. That that's right. something that you hope that they can build on and say, "Hey, look, he's yeah. going to be all right. He's still a year one receiver. Stepped up in a big moment." Let's let's do more to get him involved, and let's do more to get this guy involved, and all that. So I think it was a confidence building moment more than anything else for me. God, country Notre Dame barbecue. If Notre Dame was to run the table and make it to New Year's Six, who would your dream opponent? Although I would love to beat Kelly, mine is Alabama. I completely agree with God, country Notre Dame. That's that's where I'm at. Absolutely, I would not want to like. Okay, look. Would I love to beat Brian Kelly and see the look on his face and, sure. and hear that press conference post game? Yes, absolutely. But man, if you lose that game, like I'm not even worried about that. It's just like LSU. And I don't want to all the, me, the lead honestly, up too. I don't want yeah. all the nonsense than the lead up dealing with all those idiots. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I don't. It, yeah. But honestly, to me, it's not even that, Vince. If if Brian Kelly wasn't their head coach, my feeling would honestly be the same. Okay. You've already been there, done that, right? Like, guys, we already beat LSU twice in bowl games. Like, we've been there. That's like, true. They're a good, they're a really good program. They're not a, you know, gee, are we as good as LSU program? That's not the problem. That's not a concern, right? It's, I want to play and beat one of the teams that right now people consider to be better than Notre Dame. I want to play Bama. I want to play Michigan. I want to play Ohio State in a, re- you know, I want to play like somebody like that. Texas, even. Even though Notre Dame's been a better program than Texas, Texas is getting a lot of buzz about how good they sure. are. And you're, you know, you want to play in that state, Oklahoma, same thing. I want to play one of those type of programs. I don't really care about uh, about LSU. Been there, done that. Notre Dame's yeah. already beat LSU twice in the last ten years in a bowl game. And so, to your point, Vince, it's like, yeah, the Brian Kelly stuff then adds to that. Sure. To where it's just like, I don't really want to play that game. Like, I'd rather play a. Like I saw one of the things was like playing against Florida in the Gator Bowl, and I'm like. Kind of helps recruiting, but nobody views Florida as being on Notre Dame's level. So that doesn't no. really that that would be just more about okay, you beat an SEC team. I want right. to play a team where you win and it moves the needle, and that's why I agree with him. Like a Bama would be, a yeah, good one. it would move would, the needle, a, and then yeah. you'd still have all the subplots of of Tommy Reese and that Tyler whole, Buckner. Like, yeah, I mean, even though Tyler probably won't play, but yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, but still, he's there. He's there. Yeah, yeah, Bama would be a nice one. Would be a really nice. One I would. I would really like Bam. Now they're probably going to have to lose yeah. again, right? They've got one loss, which they will. I mean, I think so too. Yeah, they will. They'll lose again. I, I don't think, honestly, if you were to ask me right now, who am I going to pick to to win between LSU and Bama at Bama? I'm picking LSU because LSU can score. I mean, they, they, they can score. I don't know that Alabama can score on anybody any good. Honestly, hmm. I really don't. So. I mean, you're going to have to score more than 27 to beat LSU, I think. I just – yeah, I, I don't I don't see that happening right now. So, I, if I was picking right now, I'd probably pick LSU to play Bama. So, I certainly think there's a chance that Bama and Notre Dame could square off against each other in a, in a bowl game. 
and uh, yeah, we'll see. And, and they to... could end up playing a Big Ten team too, Vince, because of that's true. Some of the different tie-ins you may have a Big Ten team in the like either a Big Ten team or an SEC team is going to be in the Orange Bowl against. I need to you know, look at probably those North tie-ins. Carolina. I need but to all the, that's what, well, that's again. the thing is all the other tie-ins are at larges. It's the Fiesta, the Peach, and the Cotton. Because there's three tie-in bowls, right? The Sugar is the Big Ten and the uh, Big Twelve in the SEC. The Orange is the ACC versus a SEC Big Ten or Notre Dame. So technically, you could have that. And then the Rose Bowls still Big Ten, Pac-12 until the Pac-12 dissolves next year. And so those, but the the thing is, the Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl are both the playoff games. Which means the cotton, the peach, right. and the fiesta are all non, and they're all at larges. So there's a lot more at larges this year than than the tie-ins. My based on my understanding of how that works, so I could set up a great opportunity. But honestly, New Year's Six. If they get to New Year's Six, I'm less concerned about who the opponent is because it's just it, you just got to win it. If you get you Air Force, it. you're okay. You still won a New Year's Six bowl. Correct. It doesn't move the needle on who you beat, but at least that right. storyline is gone. At least it is for me. Me too. Because you, like you said, I didn't even think about the fact that it's the last chance, really, to do that because the kind of this this it goes away next year because of the mm-hmm. the twelve team playoffs. So, our buddy Archer, when ranking teams, do you go by eye test, resume, or a combination of the two? Well, to me, it's it's resume first followed by eye test. So it's a combination of two. And and here here's a perfect example. Like to me, I think the biggest mistake you can make when ranking teams is do the whole eye test thing. Like I had this in a conversation yesterday with talking about Caleb Williams because apparently some people think that me saying Caleb Williams is not a generational player automatically means that I think he sucks. So they're like, "Well, you said he was Superman." I'm like, "Yeah, okay. And you said USC would suck without him." Yeah, and what's your point? He's still not one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. He's still not the greatest quarterback to play in the last four years. You know what I mean? But that's a different conversation for a different day. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is it, one of the responses was like, yeah, but the eye test matters. You see? And I'm like, what? Like, okay, so then is the greatest quarterback I ever watched, Michael Vick or Randall Cunningham? Because those those two guys, or Steve Young, because those three guys had the most highlight real type plays I've ever seen in the NFL quarterback. Does that mean they're better than Joe Montana, Tom Brady? Because I test wise, holy crap, they got they're way better athletes, got way better arms. They make the highlight real plays. Or do you want the guy that gets the job done at an elite level? Right. And so, you know, that's kind of thing here. So to me, it's resume. And 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 you know, there's a lot of different factors of what goes into resume. So, like on my IB top 25, I moved Ohio State ahead of Washington up to number two. Now, so, well, the eye test for Ohio State hasn't been great. Okay, fine. I don't care about eye tests. It depends on what your view by eye test, because so many people now view eye tests as, what are you doing offensively? And that's the whole thing that people have been missing the boat about Ohio State all year, Vince. And, and we talked about this preseason. Like, yeah, you can you can talk about Ohio State won't be as good on offense this year, and they won't be. Quarterback's not as good. Offensive line, The offensive line is the even bigger issue to me. Right. But this is an elite defense, and there's multiple ways to win football games. And I had I, I'm having this debate with a buddy of mine, and he just he doesn't get it. He just continues to believe that they're not going to be very good because of their offense. And I'm like, okay, you don't think they're going to be as good? They're not as good this year because of, of their offense. Okay, what was the point differential between Ohio State and their opponents last year? I don't know. Okay, it was 23.2 points per game. What is the point differential between Ohio State and their and their opponents this year? 23.7 points per game. Yeah, but their offense, but their offense is is scoring less per game at yeah. the same at a, actually a, a slightly not as bad rate as what the defense is doing stopping people. So they were going to and and they've already played two really good defensive football teams in Notre Dame and Penn State. And yeah, their offense didn't do great, but their defense was was great in those games. So it's like there's different ways to win football games. And now Ohio State has two top 15 wins for me. Washington has one and then Washington's coming off the ugly win over Arizona state. So that kind of, that's where like the eye test kind of a lot of similarities, but the eye test to me, plus the resume combined jumped Ohio state up the number two. And I'm very high on Washington. We'll say, well, why, why isn't, why isn't Michigan ahead of Washington resume and eye test? Because 
my eye test tells me that I haven't watched Michigan be challenged yet. The best win they've had is Rutgers, and it was a 14 to 7 game at halftime. Right. Does anyone want to tell me that they think that 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 if Washington played Rutgers, it'd only be 14 7 at halftime? How do you know how good Michigan is? I know they're pretty good. I don't know how good because I haven't played anybody. Washington has some big wins. And here's the other thing. And he said, well, you know, they've got a common opponent and Washington beat that or Michigan beat that team more convincingly. And I said, I don't agree with that. I think that's, I think that's, you're just looking at, at the, the final score because the final score says, well, Washington won 41 to seven, Michigan won 49 to nothing. Couple things real quick. Number one, Michigan led 28 nothing at halftime over Michigan State. Washington led 35 nothing at halftime over Washington over Michigan State. Michigan led 35 to nothing at the end of the first a third quarter. Washington led 41 to nothing at the end of the third quarter. Here's the difference. Washington punched in, gave up a late garbage touchdown and and make it 41-7 and with 10 seconds left, Michigan ran the ball into the end zone to run it up on on what Michigan State Washington had the ball at the 10-yard line with 30 seconds left and took a knee. That's the difference. And then you look at the numbers, Washington or Michigan outgained Michigan State by 295 yards, 477 to 182. Washington outgained Michigan State by 452 yards. They outgained Michigan State by 452. Michigan only had 477 of total offense, right? So who was the more dominant team? If you're just going to look at final score, that doesn't tell me anything. Washington was the more dominant in that common opponent. So that's a resume-based thing, right? Even though it's – you may say, I, no, it's not eye test. It's look at the data, look at the numbers, look at the resume, right? And and then they say, well, why then don't you have Florida State over Michigan? Because Florida State has two better wins than Michigan. True, but that's where the eye test comes into play because I've watched Florida State be a very inconsistent football team. You know, the same team that beat LSU almost lost to Boston College, almost lost to Clemson, and if Riley Leonard doesn't get hurt – might have lost to Duke. So there's all different factors into it, but it's resume first, eye test second. Because eye test just gets down to style points and style. You know what I mean? Like that's all fine and dandy. The eye test has to factor in, but resume is way ahead of me. And then part of resume is how did you beat that resume? Because like Liberty's not my top 25. They're 7-0. and Okay, who have they beat? Where Air Force to me has beaten a lot of Mountain West teams, and has beaten a really good Fresno State team where Liberty's resume is just, it's just, it's just bad. It's just not good. So they're in my top 25 and, you know, Air Force is and, and Liberty's not. And then I watch Air Force and they're just dominating teams. And so it factors in. So that, for me, that's what goes into it is, and then the first four weeks, Vince, I factor in what my preseason expectations were based off last year because we just don't have enough data about this year. But after four weeks, it all it becomes all about this this year. So that's how I do it. So love it. Anything to add? Because you do you do rank? Do you do any rankings? Anything like that? So I mean, in my head, I can decide who I think is a better team, but I don't have like a criteria like you do because that I mean that's your literally your job. Um, Doesn't I mean, have I rank, to be. I kind of like rank doing my, it. So I rank my children very similarly. I have a <laughs> ranking system. You know, resume and eye test. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> resume and eye test. I get that. Hulk strongest. Can Tyler Buckner enter the portal? Would you even want him back? Yes and no. Yes, he can enter the portal. No, I wouldn't want him back. I mean, look, he he like what would I would I be opposed to it if he wanted to come back and he knew he was gonna be a backup and he just wanted to get his degree? I've said this in the past, that I'm okay taking him back then. But the reality is, is Tyler had his chance to compete for the starting quarterback job. He got beat out and he could have stayed and set himself up to be the quarterback next year, and he left. Right. Kenny didn't. Steve Angeli didn't. They deserve to battle for the starting job against whatever transfer they get. And if it's going to be a transfer from outside the program, it can't be Tyler. Unless you're going to turn the team over to Kenny and Tyler's just coming to be a good backup off the bench in case Kenny gets hurt. A good veteran guy. He's going to get his degree. Right. But uh, that and that doesn't come from any ill will. I have no ill will towards Tyler. I, I think Tyler's a great kid. I just feel like but actions have consequences and he chose to leave. Yeah. And um I, I it is what look, it is. If I was Tyler, I would leave. I would leave. I would enter the portal and I would go find some place where I know I'm gonna play. That right. place isn't Notre Dame. I mean, it's right. just it's just he needs not. to go back west. It's where he needs yeah. to be. He needs to go to some run throw offense. Should have done that out last west. year, but whatever. Yeah. I, I would have loved to see Tyler in the Stanford offense this year. Oh yeah. That's where I said it all along he should have gone. But 
Yeah, it is what it is. Yep, he didn't ask us. All right, no. OC Irish fan. At least he didn't His ask mom me. Mom didn't call me. Asked no, my opinion okay. on it. Uh, yeah, she didn't. No, well, she should have. OC Irish fan, uh, Brian. I'm frustrated that Notre Dame continues to punt the ball directly to the opponent's return man. Why not attempt to place the ball to either sideline area? I mean, I get that. I think part of it is you have a, a new kid and how much do you want to kind of put on his shoulders? The other part, Vince, is I'm I'm not a huge fan of necessarily kicking it away from that guy because that also makes it a little harder on your return to, or your coverage team because now they got to go angled at something, which can then set up blocks. I mean, look, just kick it high. I'm, I'm more about – I don't care if you kick it right to him. I care about height more than direction. Yep. You got to give honestly. your guys a chance to get down there. Yeah. That, that's that been the thing is he's kind of boomed yeah. some that kind of get up and down pretty quickly. I want to see him work on a little bit more hang time. Yeah, That's why even though he's averaging more yards per punt this year, the net is much different because they just they get there a little too quickly. Sure. Would I like to see him, you know, work on maybe pinning him towards the sideline a little bit more on the near? Sure. That's yeah, that's that's part of the evolution process for a young kicker to me is is right now. Because like my concern would be OCI. Your point is valid, but my concern would be with a young kicker who's still learning. And then all of a sudden he misses and he kicks it. And it goes 25 Shakes yards. It. Yeah. Right. Cause he's trying to angle it and he just right. doesn't quite have it down just yet. Do too much, as the kids yeah. say. Yeah. Yep. Thoughts on that, Vince? I know you're no, the, the, the hang time is the most important thing. And that's, that's the thing that they, when you go to these specialist camps and you do these, yeah, distance is important, but they're, they have this formula where they take hang time times distance and that gives you the number. And obviously, the longer your hang time, the bigger the number is because it's a multiplier right and so um yeah they're big into hang time and that's what's important because you got to give your cover team time to get down there you know so yeah i agree with you completely on that yep i do want to say this this is a fair question i think it's a fair question it's just not something that right now with the the development of your punter is something i'm as concerned about as i am i want to get the height thing down right and the timing thing down first then we can work on the directionality let me me ask you this the return game the 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 opposition's return game and punts has it really been a huge issue this year outside of the big return from usc i think it has okay i do I mean, and it's not, it's not so much that they've had long returns. It's that they've had good returns. Like NC state had four for 41 and a couple of them got them like near midfield. Cause they got like 10 to 12 yard returns. Right. I mean, okay. it's been that kind of thing, you know, more so Vince than, than, um, you know, 50 yard returns that hasn't been as much, but it's kind of like, you know, you're getting good height and they're catching it and getting, Seven, fair, eight, nine, fair ten catching yards. It. Fair right? catching it is preferable. Right. Obviously. But it's the net punting that's been the big okay. difference this year. Like Notre Dame's overall punting average rank is 11.3, which is like ranks them pretty low nationally. It's like 11, it's like 102nd. Well, that's somewhat, I mean, I'm not as concerned about that because part of that's the big return against USC that no one else has had a big return like that to your point. And they've only had 15 returns all year. So when you only have 15 returns and one of them's like yeah, 50 or 60, it's going to numbers. Sure. But it's the net punting average even before that was a problem for me. Uh, they didn't have a really good net punting average before the USC game. I'm actually going to uh, pull this, pull this up here real quick. Cause I want to, I want to support this with data, but if you look at net punting before the USC game, so I'm going to go to, the 13th real quick so if you look at even before the usc game notre dame ranked 62nd in net punting even before the usc game okay so even though his average individually like as far as just pure you know raw numbers uh because they usually evaluate punters by just their their average and to me I, i i look at it more from a standpoint of um Bryce McPherson ranks 23rd in in punting average. So he's kicking it long, but they rank they rank 102nd in net punting. Before the USC game, they rank 62nd in net punting. So he's kicking it far, but for whatever reason, they're able to get back, and that is what I think is getting to OCR's uh, question. Gotcha. To me, I would just say my issue isn't so much the direction they're kicking it; it's it's just not getting the height. Sure. I'd rather sacrifice a couple yards. And get it higher right. than to, you know, yeah. the other. So that's where I'm coming from. I get it. 
Irish blooded, more important win so far this season, Duke or USC? Oh, Duke. And, and not that it was a bigger win. I love how he asked the question. He said more important, not best. Best win so far is over USC because sure. high ranked team and you dominated them. Yep. The reason I say most important is I think Notre Dame might have fallen apart if they lost to Duke. Like, I really do. I think it could have been like a collapsing type of moment had they lost to Duke. I really do. I think that combined with how the Louisville game went, like you're talking about a three-game losing streak. What would Notre Dame's psyche be coming into the USC game if they were on a three-game losing streak? I think that somewhat salvaged them to a degree. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. I, you know, it, it almost feels like, it, I don't know. I, I agree with what you're saying. Because then the Louisville loss could have even been worse. Like it, they, it would have just been a dime, a downward spiral, I guess. Mm-hmm. So in in the moment, the Duke win was bigger. The Duke win was bigger because of where it landed on the schedule, how they won. You know, all of those different things. I completely agree with that. So yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it was the most important because it kind of righted the ship. The problem was then you had the Louisville game the week after. And so it kind of skews things a little bit for me, but in the moment, the Duke win was bigger. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed the USC win. Oh, I think yeah. the USC win was a bigger win. Certainly, I just don't know if that win would have mattered as much if you don't beat Duke. Sure, that's kind of where I'm coming from sure. on it. So yeah, we're I think we're kind of on the same page on that one. But Hopefully. which one did I enjoy most? Oh, it's USC. That's an easy one. Come on, man. <laughs> that's an easy Are you one. Me? Yeah, that's easy. happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust the mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing american families time is short before something big happens and that's why so many folks are preparing they're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from my patriot supply go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com